What's up, everyone? It's Brad from the Propaganda Report, obviously. The show that you're about to hear was recorded live, and until the show was over and I was listening back to it to upload it, I didn't realize that my wrong microphone was connected during the live stream. So my audio is not going to be great during this show, and for that, I apologize. In fact, Cam's audio at one point went out, and I noticed that, but I did not recognize that my own audio was off-kilter the entire time. I do apologize for that, so it is not the highest quality. It's not awful but it's definitely not the highest quality audio. And I do apologize for that. The technical problems sometimes, they uh, we can miss them. And I will make sure that does not happen next time. So thank you guys for listening. I hope you enjoy the show despite those technical problems. We will talk to you all next time. Have a great rest of your weekend. Here's the show. Progressives warn of yet another threat to democracy. What is it? And the media criticizes Stacey Abrams, or do they? And some companies are making major vaccine-related news. We'll tell you what those, not news, moves, excuse me. We'll tell you what those moves are. You're watching the Propaganda Report's Drive Time News Blast, a nighttime news blast tonight. Joining me, host of Mad Ones podcast, Cam Harless. I see in the chats here, Milburn Stone says, soon must be a relative thing. And yes, I I said we were starting soon in the chats, and it was a little bit longer than soon. And I know that the starting times for shows have been sporadic, to say the least. We've just had to do the shows during the timing that we can over these these past couple of months. However, that is going to be changing, and I'm going to be making announcements here in in the pretty near future where you will have a little bit more of a heads up for when live shows start for those who want to join and watch. We appreciate everybody who does watch, especially this late at night. It's like a party this late at night. It always makes me think of coast to coast, although we're not going to be going into the ghosty and alien type stuff, which I love to go in and talk about. We're going to be talking about other things. For example, the top story for today, other than you know all the stuff with the queen and the, the new king, is the newest threat to our democracy, according to the mainstream media. Now, what is this threat? You got any ideas what this threat might be, Cam? I can't hear you. I think you're muted. I want it to be me. That's what I want. It's not you. I would be excited if it was, but it's unfortunately, it's not. I I don't know how excited it was because I don't know if we need a target on our back. (laughs) Usually people who, who, how they, they're wealthy enough and secure enough where they can just be a target, have it on their back and fight back against. I think we have so many things to worry about. We don't need those targets on our back. Yet, that's not what it is. But what it is right now is not not the candidates, the quote, election denying MAGA Trump candidates running for office during the midterms. It is the rise of the election denying MAGA election officials. That is the latest threat to democracy. That's right. CNN, MSNBC, and some Democrat politicians have begun talking in the the recent days and today that our democracy is not just under threat by those candidates. It's under threat by 
MAGA candidates, MAGA people who have taken over co-opted positions at election precincts as officials administrating the election. So they're controlling what happens. And not only that, not only that, according to the media, they're also secretly training their underlings, their staff to break the law and cheat during the midterm elections. Did you know this was going on? Election denying MAGA Republicans have taken over. They co-opted all of these election precinct offices. They filled their the ranks of those, those places with their own people, and they're training people to cheat and steal elections. Did you know that was going on? I di- did not. It must I, I be very, very sneaky. It is very sneaky, and, and it has a lot of implications, which we'll, we'll talk about as I play the clips for you of CNN who breaks all of this down for us. And then they bring on David Axelrod, who was Obama's propagandist in chief, one of them anyway, to break it down further for us. And I'm excited to let you hear what this latest threat is. I have just like an ongoing list. Uh, it's not even one page, just like page of page, page of all, all the threats to democracy. Getting hard to juggle which one we should be worried about the most right now. So let's see what CNN or, or how they break down this latest threat, and I, maybe they'll help us know what to do about it. Now to this, a this is from CNN New Day. Okay. Now to a CNN exclusive video showing election workers being trained by Republican leaders in Michigan to break the rules so they can act as quote undercover agents during the midterm elections in November. Drew Griffin joins us live with this CNN investigation. This is incredibly alarming, Drew. Doubly troubling, Brianna, because this becomes um, amid a... Doubly troubling, Brianna. That's quite a turn of phrase right there. Doubly troubling, Brianna. <laughs> Let's hear that again. Because this becomes... Um, oh, wait, no, I'm get back far enough. You, you know, he was just sitting there waiting to say that. For I don't know how long he's in the green room or wherever he is. He was just say doubly troubling. That's how doubly I'm going to really get this point out. But he probably ran through a different... Uh, triply troubling, excessively like- troubling... At first, it was double bubble toil and trouble. Right. He had to go, yeah. You know, he had to cut some time. Right. Definitely. You need to be Brevity. efficient. It need to kind of rhyme. Through. Yeah. Doubly troubling, Brianna, because <laughs> this becomes um, amid a big nationwide push by this ultra MAGA crowd to get ultra involved MAGA. in the election. The people who didn't believe the last election was fair for some reason still are now getting involved <laughs> in running this election, which is why what you're about to see is troubling. Doubly. It's doubly. And is it ultra MAGA? What is it? Is it semi-fascist MAGA? There's a lot of, is ultra MAGA, I think would be like a low calorie MAGA with, with like zero sugar. <laughs> yeah, it was, um, that was the one they focus grouped. What? Uh, ultra MAGA? Ultra MAGA. Oh, I, I don't think I saw group, that focus yeah. group. Yeah. I do. They, it's interesting to see them do the focus groups, how they direct the questions to get a specific outcome. <laughs> they put the answer that they want to hear into the heads with the question. Uh, here's uh, the rest of the, the troubling thing we're going to see Doubly with troubling. these people who are secretly training people. It is secretly training them to be agents, spy agents, the way they uh, ominously presented that. Don't be fearful, guys. CNN obtained this recording of a Wayne County GOP training session over Zoom the night before the Michigan primary last month. So you're all really undercover agents. Congratulations. That's undercover training. It is. So now just what was your takeaway from the way that was said? So you're all really undercover agents. Uh, you know, the training's over or whatever it was. Was that my first thought is sarcasm? Yes. <laughs> that's, I think that's the correct thought. And uh, I, we will h- hear from her 
uh, in a minute here, but that's exactly what it is. It's people talking about something and it's just like me going, okay, it's just kind of like you're going to be like spy agents, you know, and we'll see why they're actually thinking about it in that manner here in a second. But it's just interesting the way that they take these words that people use and they then turn around and, and they use them to mean something completely different than what they actually meant in context. They, they, they do that all the time. They did that with Lindsey Graham. I'm no Lindsey Graham fan. They did that with him the other day and they continue to use that What's Biden actually uses that in his speeches now when Graham said that if Trump is going to be indicted, then MAGA Republicans, there, there could be problems. It could be riots, could be blood in the street. He's worried about that. And the whole context of it was that if he is indicted and no evidence is shown at all of any wrongdoing and it's. And they they do that despite the fact of all the Hillary Clinton. And he went through a long list of all the all the problems the FBI has had, all the bias they have shown. And then he said, if they don't offer any evidence, so there was a condition there, meaning that if they do show evidence, then there won't be, that everybody will be fine. And I agree with that. We played clips the other day saying MAGA Republicans aren't going to go to the streets, probably either way. But if they see evidence that Trump is like guilty of something that wrong, then they'll probably be like, you know, right, you should indict him then. They want you to believe otherwise, and they took what Lindsey Graham said, and they took out the part about there'll be blood in the streets to say that he was encouraging them and threatening the democracy and Democrats because Trump is above the law. When he literally, he never said Trump was above the law in the clip. What he actually said was that the FBI doesn't care about the law in regards to Trump. So they're above the law, and all of the media spun it to say that Lindsey Graham claims that Trump is above the law and there will be blood in the streets, and that lie continues to persist in the speeches Biden gives every day. It's unbelievable. All you have to do is go watch the effing clip. It's, it, I didn't even talk about that. It's mind-boggling. This is another example of that right now. You remember when Trump was president or campaigning, and he I remember. They, they, they said time and time again that he was making fun of this handicapped guy. Right. And yeah. it was just like one of the things he does. I mean, like in all of the speeches, there's multiple examples. I got to admit, just seeing it out of context, it did seem that way until you see all the other examples of him doing the same thing. It's just the way he expresses himself. All right. We'll continue. Extra training, partisan training, not just for volunteers observing elections but including the actual paid election workers who will check in voters, hand out ballots, even help in the counting, which yep. is why what they are being told is alarming. There's a lot of bad stuff that's happening. So I just want to back it up, and I apologize for continuing to stop this clip, but I do want to point out some, some of the stuff here. So this was like a minute buildup. We have the host build it up. We have the, the guy they cut to, and then we have the voiceover, who I think is the same guy that they cut to. They just... At least three times here, they have emphasized without showing us that this is dangerous. These people have a lot of responsibility and what's going to, what you're about to see is so horrible and so bad. And they've had to do that because without doing that, you have to ask yourself, what conclusion would people draw if they simply heard what we're about to hear? So they have to tell us what it means because it's about narrative warfare. None of this stuff is about truth or reality. I did the Rockfin show on narrative warfare, multiple ones. There's the narrative warfare books that is that are written for the intelligence community, and they are very clear in their strategy. Narrative warfare, and that's what we are witnessing and experiencing all the time right now, is yeah. unconcerned with facts and unconcerned with truth. What it is concerned with is meaning. He who controls meaning controls reality. So they tell stories and they include facts, truth, when it's relevant to the meaning they're trying to portray. When those facts and truth do not support the meaning they want to put in people's minds, they leave them out. And that's the basic narrative warfare strategy at the most base level. And this is the type of stuff that we see in the news every day. But this is, a, I think, a pretty clear example of it. 
even help in the counting, which is why what they are being told is alarming. There's a lot of bad stuff that's happening in this upcoming election, so we're going to have to keep our heads on a swivel and just start documenting irregularities. The poll All right, so stop right there. There's a lot of stuff going on, so we're going to have to keep our heads on a swivel and just start documenting irregularities. What are your thoughts on that statement, Kim? Is that evil? All of this is so boring. Like, I mean, I'm not you, obviously. I'm I know. Saying, I'm not like, a boring person. I'm crazy. So you don't have to convince me of that. Right. I'm just saying, like, they are trying to make the most mundane crap I, terrifying. Right. Yeah, dude. That's that's exactly what's going on. I've talked about that in, in a little bit of a different way related to improv. We used to do these improv scenes. An improv game is you – we used to call it serious scene. And what we would do is we'd go up on stage and – it would I'd always be me and this other guy, uh, my friend Kellen, who would be in those those because we could cry. We could make ourselves cry in the scene. And, and um, the idea is that you get a very serious suggestion, like deadly serious. And the actors on stage are not to try and be funny at all. They try to play it as real as possible. as though it's a very dramatic scene. And we do that. And then we play the scene over again. And we get new suggestions there. We, all the beats are the exact same. But we fill the very serious suggestion, like someone is dying of cancer, with a, the most ridiculous suggestion, like uh, somebody somebody bit the ear. Some, somebody punched a, a teddy bear. I don't know. Well, some stupid, ridiculous Monday. Somebody smashed their face with cotton candy. Whatever. And then we just play the same serious beats, crying and everything, except instead of being sad about cancer, we're sad about cotton candy or teddy bears or something ridiculous. And that scene, those, that game never failed to get like a standing ovation just because of the format of the game. And that's what the media does. What you just described. They have. The, I feel like every single day they come in, they say, I don't know what we're going to talk about, but it's definitely going to be a threat to democracy. Let me get my serious scared very concerned face on so they just fill in whatever they're given these these words to plug in through that same dramatic emotional tone you nailed it with your observation right there that's a great observation dude dane (laughs) mundane yeah workers are hired by towns and clerks and wayne county's republican chairperson cheryl costantino tells them they may need to break the rules all right, I, I want to take that back because I, I, I want everybody to hear that un, unfettered. But the concept that he gave off here was says there's a lot of bad stuff happening. There's a lot of irregularities that need to be documented. So I think that ele- irregularities being documented during an election cycle, that when you just look at it neutrally, I think everybody on the planet would say, yeah, I think irregularities should be documented if they can be. Yeah. I think I, I am pro documenting irregularities as somebody's running a campaign on that platform. Yet the way they presented this saying, danger, 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 this stuff is very scary. And then they play a clip of someone saying, yeah, we need to document irregularities. It, it, it's, <laughs> it shows that context of this is actually a good thing that's being said in this audio being presented as a terrible, horrible, evil threat to democracy. These people are just, they're, I can't even say that. ballots even help in the counting, which is why what they are being told is alarming. There's a lot of bad stuff that's happening in this upcoming election, so we're going to have to keep our heads on a swivel and just start documenting irregularities. The poll workers are hired by towns and clerks, and Wayne County's Republican chairperson, Cheryl Costantino, tells them they may need to break the rules to uncover fraud. They were told by their trainers that they could not have their phones with them. So I would say maybe just hide it, and maybe hide a small pad and a small pen. You need yeah. to take accurate notes. Oh, stop it again there. Because very dramatic, very dangerous, very scary. But the secret thing, and this was the premise of the whole setup of their their segment here. 
They're secretly training them to break the law. It is to keep a pen and pad or maybe your phone in your pocket so that you can document something because those who are working there are trying to prevent you to. And what I find very interesting about this is this is apparently leaked audio. In order to obtain this leaked audio, what has to happen? Someone has to have their phone <laughs> inside the election area, maybe somebody who works there, probably, and then they have to go leak that secret recording to CNN or whoever so CNN can then claim that these dangerous Trumpian Republicans are telling people to bring in their phones. It's, it's like just extraordinary. The, the only way they get this effing evidence is by doing the same thing that they're claiming and condemning is, is just like evil. It's just, I know that they're liars, but I still get very angered by this. God, I'll take a breath. We are observed with a pen and a piece of paper writing on anything. They, they just said they would they would ask us the that they would remove us. That's why you got to do it secretly. This oh, there's the secret. It's a secret covert operation. The primary was just practice for the upcoming midterms, according to Costantino. And it's not just what's being taught. It's who is doing the teaching. Ooh. We think a lot of the monkey business. That's what do you think? I'll let you guys speculate. Who is doing the teaching? I think this is in the clip, but what do you think they're going to say about who is doing the teaching? Uh, the Secretary of State of wherever the hell they are. No, uh, no you're not, you're not oh. too far off. I don't know if the clip goes in that, but I'll ruin it for you in case it does. Is the person who's doing the teaching is someone who is an election denier. That's why it's scary. <laughs> oh, I see. I see. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Terrifying. What's being taught? It's who is doing the teaching. We think a lot of the monkey business that's happening is happening at the vote aggregation location. That is election denier Wait. Patrick Colbeck. Yeah. Vote aggravation location? Said. Oh, aggregation. So, yeah, mind. so the locales where they're aggregating yeah. the votes and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> I, thought he said, uh, I thought he said vote uh, aggravation it's, location. Yeah. yeah, well, you know, it could be the same thing. You know, so the other day, I think might have been the show earlier this week, I, I, I was just – I was going through some of the, this is a newer, not newer, but it's like, I think, 90s, uh, propaganda literature that it, it is written by, sometimes they're used in schools, other times they're just written by people like Bernays and used by the elites. And it's all very, it, a lot of it's very simplistic stuff that we all understand, but they just put a, a clear definition on it. And it's like, okay, and, and I find it's helpful to go through that stuff sometimes. And what I went through was, the, the name-calling aspect of it, the demonization, which all of these sides use. They all completely use it. And it, it's just, it's this right here is just the most blatant, obvious, over-the-top propaganda tactic that you see. And that is the name-calling to poison the well about the person that you're about to talk about so that you can then poison the well about the information. Because if you can demonize a source, then you can demonize anything that person ever says and get people to not believe anything that person says. So they do this all the time. I mean, we've all seen it. But the, the, just regularly, well, the person telling them this is election-denying MAGA Republican. So right there, just trying to just poison the well. And anybody, It's just so stupid. I, I dislike these people strongly, not reaching hate. I don't hate people. But it's about as close as you can come to that in this circumstance. He's a former state senator who wrote a book called The 2020 Coup and has a blog filled with debunked conspiracy theories about voting machines. He spread so much disinformation about the 2020 election, he got this cease and desist letter from Dominion, the voting machine company, saying, you are knowingly sowing discord in our democracy, all the while soliciting exorbitant amounts of money. 
All right, well, first of all... Uh, He's appeared on Steve Bannon's show and with the My Pillow guy, Mike Lindell. <laughs> we did see evidence that it was connected to the Internet. There is no evidence any voting machines were connected to the Internet in the 2020 election. But Kolbeck is still asking Republican poll workers to check. There's this little icon down the bottom right-hand corner. And what I'm trying to do is to see whether or not these machines are indeed connected to the Internet. Kolbeck refused to speak to CNN. Yeah, so I don't know. These are these are claims that they're... The thing that's interesting to me about all of this is what's going to happen if there's people that believe this. And this is kind of what I was getting to here is if you buy what they're saying here, that these people are doing something secret and illegal to try and rig the elections, which what they're describing is actually just note taking to try and make sure there's not irregularities. You would believe that all of these elections where these people are working are already compromised. And the only outcome that you would accept would be an outcome where all Democrats won. Because if any, quote, MAGA or, or mainstream Republicans, if any, quote, MAGA Republican were to win in any of these districts where election denying MAGA Republicans are running the elections, then they would automatically disbelieve it all. So they're creating a situation where after the midterm elections, we're going to have a number of Democrats making almost the exact same identical claims about the election being stolen from Democrats that Republicans, MAGA Republicans, have been making since 2020. It's extraordinary, the cycle that we're going to see yet again. We go from 2016 election denial to 2020 quote election denial, which there are questions about it, by the way. Uh, um, they're, they're already setting up election denial. I know. That's what I'm saying. They're, they're setting it up on the other side, but it's going to be acceptable. That's what's going to be hilarious. It's going to be acceptable, and the media is going to promote it. And instead of getting kicked off for talking about it, of YouTube, which we might very well have been kicked off of YouTube at this point by now, because I did put it to YouTube today. You, you you might get kicked off for criticizing election denialism after the midterm elections. It's just it's just a brainwashing mind control thing. And I did see a, a comment here from I think it's from Zach. Zach, you said you've identified a new syndrome called coined the reverse derangement syndrome. Uh, if you could describe what it is in there, I'd love to see more about what it is. I know you mentioned something about covering both sides of it and stuff, and we do try and, and cover both sides of this as, as much as possible. And sometimes we might not. I like to focus on a lot of the lies, and people on all sides use these tactics. I'm not isolating these tactics to any, to any one side. I just really, I just really dislike this segment right Can here. I, I just, I just need to say two things. Go ahead, yeah. First thing, um, I don't know who this Zach person is. But Dude, we're gonna fight. Do. I think you know who Dude. it is. Um, so here's here's the deal. Um, I did not like the comic book The Boys. Very briefly, I think Garth Garth Ennis is a crappy writer, and I didn't like it. And I got so much crap for that. That's all. And he's taken up for Garth Ennis. Give me a break. I don't know. Is it, so Garth Ennis wrote, writes the comic book. Yeah, he uh, wrote The Boys, Boys and he wrote yeah. pre. Preacher, priest, preacher. Yeah, yeah. I'm not uh, sure who. I'm not sure. Who. Shock oh, I, crap. I'm sorry. I, is that? I, I just needed that. So just he wrote that. A lot of people see the boys as as kind of t- attacking both sides. Is that what uh, he's referencing? You think in the chats that the guard? No, I think he's is? just he's just trying to get in. <laughs> he's just oh, maybe he's me. messing with you a little bit. I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> uh, all right, and oh, so the, let's oh, continue. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, because he he mentioned reverse. Um, uh, election reversal or whatever. Um, and I was just kind of Googling if this is something that's, these are terms being used. And the first thing that came up was um, vanity from vanity fair in April. Yeah. Uh, where Bess Levin 
said Team Trump is simultaneously trying to reverse the 2020 election and lay the groundwork to steal the next one. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. So that's just I think this is funny, personally, because it, it, it's just like at this point, if you're still buying into this, this narrative, whatever, like you don't realize that they're trying to divide us and, and conquer us. They yeah. don't want us seeing, like, uniting and realizing they're the ones lying to us. Then I, I just don't it's, – it's really difficult. It's Anybody who buys all of that just needs to get off of their computers and go outside and, and interact with human beings uh, on a more personal basis because when you can flip that narrative, 2016 to 2020, back to 2022, and literally just say the exact same thing that you just, just claimed was a threat to democracy and evil – and people don't stop and question that, then then they are brainwashed. They they are fully the brainwashing operation is complete on those people, in my opinion. Here's the rest of this clip after this beautiful sunset we see in this image here. Very beautiful. Why did she tell election workers to act like spies? To kind of reframe it and make it more fun and interesting. Ah. I said just you know, instead of causing a bunch of scenes and things like that, just write it down, just kinda of be like spies and let me does this woman look like a threat to democracy to you, Kim? She doesn't. The only thing she looks like she's a threat to. Is ready? Yeah, don't yeah. make a fat joke. Uh, yeah. well, <laughs> how dare you? How? Why would you think that I would say? Because I had one go in my head and I censored myself. I, I, you know, I would never say that the only thing she's a threat to is every cake in the universe. Yeah, you can't get I would never say something like that, Brad. Come on. You know me better than that. <laughs> She seems like a nice lady to me. She seems like a school, seems like a fourth grade school teacher and not, not the fourth grade school teacher that has pink hair and a nose ring that we see today. Like a fourth grade school teacher when, when we were in, in elementary school, she seems like a nice lady. She seems like somebody who's definitely not a threat to democracy. And you're right. She was doing that just to make the, the stuff they were talking about more interesting. It's like your spies because they just don't, yeah. you just need to make sure you take notes discreetly. Otherwise they'll make a big stink about it. And I, I think she says here, or she might've already said it that they were saying, do this instead of making a, bit a big stink about it if you think there's a problem. Well, this don't, is don't... literally her saying, if you see something wrong, instead of getting up and screeching, right. write it down. And, and it's, it's like hilarious to me because the very thing that they're condemning here is something that Indivisible and Stacey Abrams, whatever the Get Out the Vote campaign organization she's, she's running today or just started, Shell organization, is training people to do, is this exact thing. I get, you know what this is called, and, and I mentioned earlier, when you document problems that are going on inside a place that you work, and then you reveal it to the public, well, what's the definition, what is that called? It's I called a whistleblower. Right, well, I was going to say dog whistle uh, is what they would call it. They, they might call it that, but they literally teach people in these indivisible training sessions to go get jobs at places that have conservative-leaning values, and they tell them to be what's called entrepreneurs. And there's a whole bunch of articles on this in the World Economic Forum. I played some clips about this concept uh, probably about a year ago or so on one of our Rockfin breakdowns. And they teach them to specifically get jobs at organizations for the purpose of causing a ruckus, of doing a Solinsky within there, and documenting problems, and then being either a whistleblower and outing that company and then using wokeism to get them to, to bend the knee, or causing a stir and trying to unionize a company. I mean, they literally train people to do far worse, uh, these tactics, and then far worse. Under, I get emails weekly about training sessions teaching you to do this very thing. And, and it's just extraordinary. And most people don't realize that. Most people hear this who are watching CNN. If, if, it, if it's anybody other than people that hate watch CNN, I think most of their 
audiences are hate watchers, but well, the most of their audiences are people not looking at the screen in the. It's just on the background, yeah, at the airport, or they make kids watch the CNN ten thing too, to brainwash them and stuff like that. So yeah, these are tactics they use all the time, and they had to use these very tactics to get leaked audio. Just the logical fallacies here are extraordinary. You know, let me know what's going on. Yeah. Right, Just let me know what's going on. What's going on? She's a sweet lady. What's happening in Michigan <laughs> is happening across the nation. Attempts are underway to make sure the ultra MAGA run the election process, from poll workers all the way up to candidates for Secretary of State and Attorney General. Trump attorney Cleta Mitchell has led seminars in eight swing states, all under the presumption Democrats cheat. CNN caught up with her in Wisconsin. We'll be able to make sure that there's. Um, there's another set of eyes going on, uh, watching the ballots, watching the voting, it's watching the process, knowing what's going on in the election offices. These, uh, they claim that the 2020 election was the most secure election ever, and all of the things that these people are saying to do are in the name of making sure the election is if, secure. Then <laughs> they're saying it's wrong to do it. <laughs> yeah, if that, I mean, if it's true that it's so freaking secure, show us everything. Release no, 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 no. You have to accept them. They have you, and and that, yeah. All right, so I'm going to play you a clip from David Axelrod, which speaks exactly to uh, your training point. sessions are planned chaos. These people are being radicalized. Jeff Timmer used to lead the Michigan Republican Party. They think they're saving democracy from the cannibal socialists, where in fact what they're doing is eroding the public's faith in in elections. Right. Trust us, you slave. How dare you? How dare you be the watchman? We are the watchmen. I will remind you that a number of the complaints about the 2020 election were that the election officials in Fulton County, particularly, were Democrat act like progressive activists. That was one of the claims about one of the women in those videos and her history of activism, which gave, you know, maybe she would do some of the things she was accused of. And here we have the other side of this. These are I guess you could call them MAGA activists who aren't even like disrupt the election. They're just like, just document things. You know, just pay close attention to make sure things are secure. And they're like, you radicals. Rah! It's just, just extraordinary, but it's impressive. It's They would be great at that improv game I described earlier because the impressiveness of how serious they report this and treat this as a legitimate thing is it, it shows that they are skilled people, skilled propagandists. In fact, oh, scary word. Scary word. All right, so here's the David Axelrod clip that speaks right to what you were saying just a moment ago. <laughs> Fulfilling. That, that picture of Stacey Abrams you made. Cam, Photoshop, Stacey Abrams on like a really muscular body, flexing. It's very funny. Who 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 do you think bodies that, that is? I'd have to take this down to see. Let's see. Uh, nope, wrong thing. Um, I don't you know. take us down. Is don't that, worry about uh, it. I have no idea whose body it's it is. Michael Strahan. It, it, it works out. It, you know, her good. doppelganger. And America. <laughs> right. All right, so uh, this is the commentary that they discussed after. You know, I'm going to play it out in a second because I want you to hear the initial reaction after they aired this segment. And then I'm going to play you what Axelrod said that this, this is really about. Little black screen here. It'll be there in a second. I think. Unless this clip's just completely black and empty. Oh, well, I mean, there it is. Really, one interpretation there. What I like to. Wow, to see that footage wow. that Drew got there. Wow. I don't call a single entendre. There's only really one interpretation of these poll workers being trained to do something that you can't do. Is that true? There's really only one interpretation of this. 
that, that, that's that's what they would have you believe here. Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing that's yeah, most course. disturbing, John, is this is all predicated on a massive lie, which is that the last election was fraudulent, that there was massive uh, fraud. And people are mobilizing around that to be uh, not only to break the rules, but to be uh, disruptive. Mm, of uh, course. And this is a virus in our this is a virus in our politics. It's a virus in our election. I mean, the lady literally said, we told people to take notes and not be disruptive, just to right. document discrepancies. And he's saying the exact opposite. System and, and, this and is Obama's propaganda. So many and, um, okay. you know, good people can be um, misled. You're 70% right. of Republicans saying the last election was in some way fraudulent or... <laughs> I would agree. Good people can be misled, and many have been misled by that man right there. That, that man is not a, a truth teller, ever. And, and this, he, he reveals here what it's really about in this clip. Axelrod does. Great. The clip freaking jolted out there. Let's try <laughs> that again. All right. Now I'm going to remove this. I don't know why StreamYard has been doing this lately. Let um, me get this out of here, and then... Well. We you need had, to yeah. eventually move to me running it out of OBS because at that point I'll just push a button and it'll and just it go right in from my stuff. Yeah, that would be easier. It's been glitching lately here on streaming. I don't know why. Here it is. It'll be up right one second. I believe it'll be up in a second anyway. If it's <laughs> just a, bl a black screen, then it will never be up. And it looks like it's just going completely blank here. This is unbelievable. Streamyard it used to be so reliable. I used to rely on stream. Oh, there it is. Just there we go. They don't want to and do the medicines who do I work or short it. That's weird. What the F, dude? So I worry about, you know, can we get enough, you know, uh, citizens who want to be engaged to, to do these jobs and do them correctly? Partly because they don't want to be intimidated or targeted sure. for doing their jobs. But that the heartening thing isn't just the end of that report. The heartening thing is we did have a certifiably a clean election. No election has been more scrutinized yes. than the 2000 uh, election. So, uh, and that's because <laughs> of people all across the country just doing their jobs, just following the rules. Well, just doing uh, your job. It's important. Let me ask just you follow that. the rules. Just do your job. Just follow the rules and shut the F up, slave. Don't take notes on discrepancies. That's, we will focus on that. You're a slave. Do your job. Follow the rules and get in line. That's what this is about. That's what these people in his kind of soft-spoken voice, about, just like Barack Obama used to do, would talk about. These are tyrants right here. I mean, it, it's extraordinary. It's not extraordinary, but this is the new CNN, by the way. The this new CNN that gains reputability by having a former Barack Obama propagandist on to soft-pedal what is just strict authoritarianism and, and what, he's, what he wants to happen. Well, it, it, the, I just wanted to yell BS. Totally yes. middle of that. Yeah, this is the most scrutinized election in history. Yeah, right. It's, Nobody's ever bothered to prove the claim that it was the most secure election in history. How, they, they they say that as everybody knows it, but, but can you prove that, please? Imagine saying that when the 2000 election went to the Supreme Court. <laughs> that's a great point. Right, that's a fantastic point. These are yeah. not serious people. No, that's a fantastic point. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. So, and they even brought that up in some of these segments too about, well, they say that this one was screwed. They say, well, here's why it's different than that one. That's that's ridiculous. That's a, a false equivalency to compare it to the 2000 election because there weren't people actually trying to stop hey, the peaceful transfer of power. Hey, man, th these are two separate things. One's an election and the other's an election.
Yeah, you cannot compare yeah. apples and oranges like that. I mean, that's like saying that kicking you in the, in the balls and then kicking you in the balls again is the same thing. One of them's different than the other. Wow. Wow. All right, that's all on that story. That is, that, that is what to look for. That's, that's what to look for. In the, so here's what we're going to see. I, I really I think there's going to be chaos after the midterm, leading up to and after the midterm elections, and on the day of specifically. There's going to be chaos. We're going to see muscular Stacey Abrams making statements for, for democracy, protect democracy. I hope everybody is safe. I, don't, I hope nothing bad happens to anybody and everybody stays safe. But when it comes to the rhetoric and the aftermath of these elections – it's just going to be chaos, man. We're going to see these Democrats, if these if these quote election denying MAGA Republicans win, there's and they're they're going to have the whole the elections invalid again. And I don't know what happens after that. What happens when they actually treat that argument that right now they're saying makes you evil when they treat it seriously and legitimate? What do they do to the candidates that win office? And that's what I'm curious about because there is no doubt going to be quote, MAGA Republicans who, quote, denied the election or questioned the elections, what they really did, and there was legitimate reasons to, what do they do with them when they win? Are they going to allow them to, to be in office? Or is, there, is that where the break in the country is going to be, so to speak? I, I don't think it's going to be physical. It's informational. In my opinion, there will be some people that lash out. It's, I just hope everybody stays safe with, with everything they do about that. But I am interested to see how this all plays out. I... What do you think? You got any predictions? I'm just so done with this nonsense. I just wish that this stuff could get dumber. Yeah. But we've hit the floor. We've hit the floor. But, and that, that is so I, I even wrote my notes. The Democrats are the, the party that cries wolf because we have reached a point where people are just going to get numb to the sensationalism when everything is literally a threat to the the planet and democracy even as joe biden said the other day it's at a certain point there's diminishing returns people stop believing it when it's like when you call everything racist and nothing is racist because nobody can believe you anymore and i'm not even going to go into the duke byu story uh, some of you guys might be be aware of i i was very suspicious about that story because it, it the duke there was apparently a fan i'll just briefly talk about it, who shouted the N-word at a volleyball player, a Duke volleyball player who's black. And this was announced on social media by her mom, her stepmom, I mean, or her godmother, who has a history of kind of radical activism. And the story had all the elements of being a fake Jesse Smollett-like story because there was literally no evidence other than the one volleyball player. And I didn't report on that because to me it seemed eerily like the story of the 10-year-old that got raped and then had to go across state lines and get an abortion that they gave very little detail about that was then propagated. And then later, after a bunch of people questioned it, they then gave the evidence to make those people look bad and evil who questioned it. And this story, there's been further details come out that's almost basically, it almost seems like it's 100% definitely a hoax, but I'm going to wait to talk about it because I still think there might be another shoe to drop here. I'm starting to feel like the Duke volleyball race, racism, fake race hoax story is kind of a setup. So we'll see where that goes. Do you remember, um, God, when, what, when was it? I think, I feel like it might've been a couple of years ago now, uh, maybe a year, but there was a, uh, in Colorado, there was a baseball game. <clears throat> uh, the, the Colorado Rockies have a mascot named Dinger. Yeah, I did. I do know that story. And somebody was shouting Dinger over and over again. And they, they like threw him out. So he was shouting the N word. Yep. Yeah. Same thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. This one, the thing is, the person that they kicked out, they said did it, was, according to the police officer who 
had a long conversation with a guy with someone who was uh, he described as having a, a mental handicap as having like extreme uh, um, Asperger's. Is that, is that, yeah, I, well, I don't know. I'll, I'll, well, yeah, the Asperger's, they don't just so you know, they don't use the term Asperger's anymore because that's they what the cops really said. Use. Yeah. That's what the cops said. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's um, just aut- autism spectrum. You know why they yeah. stopped using Asperger's because of the, this sounds weird. Well, no, it's because the guy Asperger who like coined this idea, which he, I, th- I believe he thought it was some form of schizophrenia. Right. Um, was a Nazi. <laughs> I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah. Let me, let me, yeah. let me verify. Yeah. But. yeah. So this, the officer like spoke to this guy a lot. And, and when he was describing what the guy said, it was like, it sounds, I, I mean, I knew some people, I knew a guy in college who had autism and is a, a very unique, or he had what it, they called what the officer describes Asperger's and is very unique individual. And, and the way this person was described as speaking, seemed very similar. And, and they, looked at all the evidence, they looked at all the video footage, and they interviewed like 50 people, BYU did, and they could find no one, no one to validate what the volleyball step volleyball player's stepmom claimed about someone shouting the N-word out. And I still am not one, I still am worried there's going to be another shooter drop there. You don't want that to ever happen. That's a horrible thing for somebody to do. And if somebody ever does that and shouts stuff like that at a game, they should absolutely be removed and condemned. They should be banned for life if they're going to games or anywhere and just shouting the N-word out of somebody. That's a horrible thing to do. But if it's a lie and the idea that it was misheard, possibly, but that the the player is pretty adamant that it wasn't and none of her teammates are coming forward. I'm wondering if a teammate, other teammates are going to come forward and, and, and validate it after all of this has come out. Because Duke is now saying that they stand behind her, even though BYU is saying they, they investigated it and they have re- they have reinstated that fan that person can come back to games now after being banned and it has caused this controversy and there's news articles that are saying that even if you question that story at all despite the fact that no evidence has been presented and it's actually been looked at you are racist for even questioning it and then there's stories about how the university of south carolina basketball team went as far as to remove byu from their schedule next season because they won't play a team that it allows that to happen with their university and BYU with Mormons, Utah, easy to do to say are, are racist, a very easy uh, person or group to demonize there. And, and I mean, that's a that's another school with no evidence. In fact, after an investigation showing that it it's making it seem like it didn't happen, taking a basketball game away. And on top of that, what we have is our new stories in the aftermath of that of the same thing happening at high school volleyball games of students chanting the N-word and chanting other things. Now, I haven't looked into those. I don't know if those are true, but if they are true, and I actually believe those might be true far more than this one, the fact that this story could could very well be, I don't know if it was made up, misheard, whatever, not true, has spurred actual racism and horrible things to happen in high school students. That's the problem, is you manifest this reality when you make this BS up and make people think it's persistent. And that is what a horrible thing to to model and then trigger. Now, these students that did this, if they did it at this high school, if they did, they should be absolutely condemned and they're young and they should be really taught that 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 is not a good thing to do. I'll be honest. Even if they did, I don't care. Like, I mean, like that's it's it's not it's an awful thing to do. I would beat my not beat. I would um, you'd beat them totally verbally abuse my children if they if they did things like that. But I mean, my God, this is not a national story. This is kids saying a bad right. word. I know, but it, it is a national story because 
the midterm elections are coming up and identity politics is the name of the game. And this is how you get this conversation back into it with now, again, I'm still worried that they're even though they did this investigation at BYU, I wasn't even going to talk about the story today, but even though they did the investigation, I am still not convinced another shoe is going to drop because it seems like a setup. I, I'm just I'm weary now after that story of the 10 year old girl in Indiana and having to travel where they intentionally left out details because they were baiting people to question it because they want to demonize people who don't just believe it. they want us to believe them with no evidence. How dare we ask for evidence? Well, well, you're supposed to. We're the authorities, slaves. No, I'm sorry. They want to demon. They want to make make it racist to ask the ask our our masters to give us poor little slaves evidence of the wrongdoing they claim. That's what they they want to do. Okay, so right. uh, real quick, just to clear up the thing about uh, Asperger and the Nazi thing, um, yeah. because it's it's something I'd heard. I had, didn't know specifics, um, but yeah, uh, Hans Asperger. Uh, a.k.a. Hans. Johann Friedrich Karl Asperger. Uh, he was an Austrian physician. He kind of came across uh, autism. That's a surprise, which, Austrian. Yeah, which he termed <laughs> autistic psychopathy. Um, yeah. But in, tw- in the late 2010s, the last couple of years, um, allegations are that uh, Asperger referred children to a Nazi German clinic responsible for murdering disabled patients. Although his knowledge and involvement remains unknown, wow. So he sent the he sent the libertarians to. Uh, yeah. So the question is, did he know what was going on? Yeah. Right. Is it like when you recommend somebody to go? Hey, you should go do this uh, this syphilis project over at John Hopkins University back in 1940 or whenever. They let those people just have syphilis for their entire lives. That's neither here nor there, there for now. Mm-hmm. On to Stacey Abrams, because that was, did want to get to that before we got um, got out of here. So Stacey Abrams is in the news, but in a different way than she's been, uh, or than she usually is. Usually when Stacey Abrams is in the news, which is quite often, it's because it's like, you know what? We have been an earthquake. No, not, they don't, they would not report that. They, they would only report that if they wouldn't report the fact that she may have caused it, which I think you're implying. They would only report the fact that she had saved hundreds of thousands of people from dying in that very earthquake. And like she, she made herself Hulk out and, and just pulled people off tall buildings and stuff. They put her in the news instead of the normal uh, glorifying, treating her like Queen Stacy and talking about how wonderful she is to criticize her, which is very, very rare, especially when it's done by the New York Times. Now, the New York Times has historically just been a mouthpiece and promoted Stacey Abrams to no end, shamelessly, shamelessly promoted them. And this story that does offer criticism of her is in the New York Times. Now, the headline of the article is Democrats fret as Stacey Abrams struggles in Georgia governor's race. And then the subheading, which reveals a little bit more of what the focus is here, is that She's been trailing Republican rival Governor Brian Kemp, alarming Democrats who have celebrated her as the master strategist behind the state's Democratic shift. So you guys probably remember that after Biden won, there was a lot of talk in the news, especially MSNBC, CNN, and on social media, Twitter, about how Biden won because of Stacey Abrams, that her strategy, her new strategy alone is what swung it for Joe Biden, and he owes her presidency, his presidency, to her. And this is kind of the central focus of this article. The article doesn't even really care at all about 
where she is in her race against Brian Kemp for governor. It actually spends more time comparing her to the support she's getting from Democrats and moderate Republicans versus what Raphael Warnock, who is the Democrat senator in Georgia, how he's doing in his race versus the Republican Herschel Walker, who's a Trump-supported candidate, the former UGA football player. And I thought that that was interesting. They were comparing her to him. And what they were doing was comparing the strategies. Now, Abrams' strategy has been, and she advocates this, to just expand the electorate, to get as many people as possible. Specifically, she targets young African-Americans to vote. She does these crazy get out the vote campaigns. They literally go to bars and they get drunk people to sign up to get out the vote and they offer them all. They, they do everything possible up to vote harvesting that they can legally do. It just unbelievable. Flirty I mean, fishing? Yeah. Do what? Do they do flirty fishing? Flirt, like, what is that? Flirty, they show breasts and stuff? Is that what you're no, So, sorry, I, I, I would have, I thought you would have known who David Berg was. Okay, so, uh, there was, I think it's called the Children of God cult. Joaquin Phoenix's parents were a part of it. River oh, Phoenix, that makes you know, all of that. Sense, actually. Yeah. Um, but uh, the, the leader of the cult was a man named David Berg, and David Berg was a freak. Uh, and the way they they gathered people into the cult was by doing what they called flirty fishing. And so the the young men and the young women, either way, whatever they could do, they would go out to the bars. Oh, they send honey pots. Yeah, they would have sex or flirt a lot with these people just to bring them into I the mean, church. I, I, church. I'm not going to say that, that that she does, but when you look at the strategy, strategies that she does, people would do that even if they weren't instructed to. They they target people. They Abrams can't. It's extraordinary what her campaign was able to get away with when it comes to getting people to vote or getting them registered and then getting them to actually vote. I mean, it was like, literally, we will pick you well, up on the day of and take you to vote. We will pick you up on the day of the Republican primary and take you to vote for uh, uh, Brad Raffensperger. I mean, they were driving people and they were going to get drunk see, people. It's just crazy. This is why the whole, I mean, the every election is fraudulent. So let's just, yeah, I'll say that at least a little front. bit. Yeah, definitely. Um, but um, here's, here's the, deal though is um they used to do that and they used to have to offer rides but in 2020 those people were mailed ballots right they didn't have to get off their butts at all i know yeah, yeah. and it was like so i mean i'm not I, I don't i would i wish no one would vote but at the same time it's like you you really see how that like that killed it for him, dude. They 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 got what they wanted. So right. it, of course, it, it, I mean, course I, I've seen. This. I remember seeing my parents' ballots come in the mail, and I, of course, I didn't do that. But I could have easily just taken them and, and filled them out for whoever right. I wanted. And you know, I could have said it was lost in the mail. Or I think anybody could do that when a ballot comes to their house, depending on who lives in the house. She went around Decatur, and this was a, a stunt, but she went around with Oprah and Decatur. Knocking on doors. They probably knocked on like one door with Oprah and they made it seem like they went on a bunch and they just filmed it on TikTok. And it was obviously a plant. Somebody who knew Oprah was coming. It would really be hilarious if they tried to do it naturally, have her and Oprah knock on somebody's door. And it was like, my buddy actually lives in Decatur. He, he, he's surrounded by a bunch of Stacey Abrams, so for Stacey Abrams signs, and he is not a Stacey Abrams guy. So like a situation like that where they actually knocked on his door, that would be hilarious because he would oppose it very uh, – um, excited with a lot of a lot of animation but that's not going to happen so obviously all set up and, and so 
that's her strategy. Her strategy is to not go. So the typical strategy apparently is to try and win over moderate Republicans. And that is apparently what Warnock is doing. He is not doing what Abrams is doing. And he's even apparently being a little bit reluctant to even go on events with Abrams, although he's done a few. But it's do we continue to try and be more moderate or do we embrace Stacey Abrams, who they say in the article is the kind of the progressive face of the party and apply her strategy? And what do we do moving forward? And so all of this mirrors what we've seen go on nationally in a number of ways. So I've talked a lot about CNN is going through this massive trust building effort, which was handed down by Davos, who said the public does not trust the elites. We trust each other more than ever. The public trust us less than ever. And, and the, our, the distrust in us is growing. They hate us. It was, and they literally said, they didn't say that part, but they said all the other stuff. And so they put out an initiative. It's like 12 different panel discussions focused on this. It's in the title that the institutions of control need to rebuild trust in society so that they can then control the information and control perception. And CNN's been doing that. We've seen that, obviously. And the way they've been doing it is they've gotten rid of the faces of their network who people most associate with that progressive, that fake news idea like Brian Stelter. And they have started to have Mm -hmm. their anchors, Brian Stelter. I don't know that name. Is he on TV? Yeah, well, he'll be back. He'll be he'll he'll probably be on MSNBC somewhere. You'll get to see him again. And the way that they they're they're changing this is they have so Brian Stelter's protege still works at CNN and he works in the media department and he goes and does stuff on other shows and he writes for the newsletter and everything. He just does the same thing Stelter did. He's just doing it in a little softer, more indirect way. And then they have people like Jake Tapper reflect the feelings of, quote, mainstream Republicans, as Biden puts it, and ask the questions that a mainstream Republican might ask when something comes up that it just seems too, they're no longer being over the top radical. So when something blatant and crazy comes up, they're often saying, but what about this? And they're not supporting it, but they're asking that. And then they bring on to their network, they bring acceptable mainstream Republicans like the Patch guy and Liz Cheney, and they make it seem as though they are being biased, but when the reality is they're actually still pushing the progressive agenda, which is a global agenda, the World Economic Forum, and it's an agenda against those who question the narrative, those who dare care about their families and, and putting food on the table more than they care about solidarity with Ukraine. And that's kind of, they don't identify the MAGA Republicans that way, but that's kind of the whole, it's the whole collectivism versus individualism that's going on. And CNN still presenting the same progressive collectivism agenda, just in a little bit of a different way. And Joe Biden is doing the same with his narrative about the evil MAGA Republicans and the acceptable Republicans. What I see going on here with Stacey Abrams is an effort to kind of project that narrative again by New York Times so that New York Times can build trust in themselves because people don't trust them either. They're another one of these institutions. And by criticizing their queen, Queen Stacy, who they love, she's holy to them, and how dare they come out and criticize her. They're trying to rebuild their trust, but in the process of doing it, what they're actually doing is they're actually bolstering Abrams' campaign as well as Raphael Warnock's campaign. Because any press is good press. And this type of press that tells your supporters that, oh my gosh, we're worried, we're alarmed about what's happening. She might not actually win. You might get stuck with a Republican governor, who, by the way, Brian Kemp is not is terrible also. He's yeah. also very bad. But that's neither here nor there. It gets them off the couch. So these types of reporting, while they seem critical and help them build trust in some people's eyes, they're actually in service of Stacey Abrams. Stacey Abrams' people were quoted throughout this article meaning that they actually worked with them on this article. And Stacey Abrams okayed it. I have no doubt about this because Stacey Abrams has actually taken a story that I broke 
on WSB back in 2018 when she ran that no one else in the country had broke about how she burned a flag after she led riots through Atlanta, destroying the community that Spelman College is in that she went to at the time, leading the Rodney King riots with an activist group that she started that advocated for violence. This is in the AJC archives. I've showed it and I talked about it in the show and I played the clip of her mom boasting and laughing about how people don't know that her daughter, the governor candidate, burned the flag on the Capitol. And I'll, I'm not going to go into all the details of that. I'll do that another time or maybe I'll just make a specific video of that. But after I broke that on WSB and no one had, had broken because I looked at the trends and the searches, it hadn't happened. And we were off air for like three weeks. And as soon as we got on air and as soon as I played that clip and broke that, within 30 minutes, her campaign put out a statement spinning the reality of, of what we had just broke. And then the New York Times, in sync, in lockstep, followed in line with Stacey Abrams and told the same BS story. So they love her and they will lie about all of this. They are in service of Stacey Abrams here. So look for, look for this, look for this to continue, this idea that they're pushing back, the mainstream is pushing back against these Democrats, these progressives. The reality is they're doing it under the guise of being unbiased, of trying to be trustworthy, while softly actually bolstering all of these con artists that we are subjected to in our country right now. They're all bought. This is all this is all corporate nonsense. Dude, oh, I thought you were going to say bot. Like they're all bots. It's like, yeah, kind of, they're all they're, they're all, bots. Yeah. You can't tell anymore the difference. I just decided just to be a little dramatic and bring out a different microphone. Yeah, it's like you're about to go do a, a TED talk with the way you got that microphone in your hand right now. Now you're going to sing a rock rock band. So yeah, no, they, you're right. They're all bought and paid for, and it's just Stacey Abrams' biggest funder for her entire career has been George Soros. She thanks him in her book. There's no doubt about that. Well, she actually thanks him directly. Yes, she literally thanks George Soros in her Wild. book. Yeah, I know. It's, it's crazy. But apparently that's racist and anti-Semitic to say that now because you're just not allowed to do that. It's just like, uh, Hitler was evil. How dare you say that, you anti-Semitic? What? what? How does that make sense? Well, it's okay. like you were, I, I forget what it was or who, who it was about, but there was a story not that long ago when someone had – criticized George Soros and um, got canceled. (laughs) Well, the, the, uh, the, the narrative around it was um, that the uh, Holocaust survivors aren't, aren't even safe these days because Holocaust survivor, George Soros, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay. It was the most thrilling time of his life. Yeah. They called him. So that's another example of that name calling, except in a positive way. Say Holocaust survivor. George Soros. How much time did he spend in one of those camps? A lot? Or did I, he actually go around with his father or, or the, uh, on his father's, he let him do that, go around with Nazi soldiers, identifying people who were Jewish, who then ended up in some of those camps. I, I'm not sure which one it is. You can listen to his own words. YouTube, if you're thinking about censoring us for that right now and cutting the stream off, you should listen to George Soros's own words in his interview. Talk about this and talk about how it was the most thrilling time of his life. Because that's what he, I know he's young, but he's also just a bad person, in my opinion. <laughs> All right. So before we get out of here, to, and before we get on to that final story, which is going to be about the moves that companies are making in regards to the vaccine, um, I want to tell you what we're going to talk about in the subscriber-only portion of the show, the DMBXR, which is going to be She-Hulk's woke moment of the week. So we've been covering She-Hulk a little bit because it is very woke. I'm sure everybody's seen a lot of that coverage. We have another woke moment of the week, a little subtler this time that I want to show you, Cam. I think you'll enjoy it. And we also are going to play a clip from a brand new PBS documentary uh, that's on Trump, and it's called Lies, Politics, and Democracy. And it's 
Very funny to me. This stuff cracks me up at times. If you want to get access to that content, go to patreon.com slash propaganda report and subscribe there today. Not only will you get that subscriber only DNB XR content, you also get this show ad free. I take out all the ads for the Patreon subscribers and the local subscribers. So propreport.locals.com as well. You can also find the videos of these when we go live on rockfin.com slash propaganda report. So check that out today. Now onto this final story. I, I saved this for the end and I wanted to get to, typically I would just go ahead and go to the XR, but I wanted to get to, to this one because I find this to be a good story. And I'm going to pull from the article here because I didn't get a chance to completely take full notes on it. But it's Axios, you know, and Axios does those short little summaries. A little biased, but they, they still do a good job. And here's the article Companies are dropping van de- uh, vaccine mandates. Right. Secretly. They're secretly, they're very yeah. quietly. Everything's quiet. So we have the quiet quitting, you know, the quiet firing everybody's talking about now. There's Now there's quiet dropping of vaccine mandates. And here's the article. It says some companies are rolling back mandates for employee COVID vaccination, but few are making official public statements about it. And then they say why it matters. These moves signal that we've shifted into a new chapter of the pandemic and that employees are, or employers are desperate to get people back into the office. Is that, is that what it is? And then they say that employers are trying to reduce any barriers to entry for new hires. And they are, the requirements are also, they say they're expensive and time consuming for employers, which is another reason that they're, they're getting, of course they're expensive and time consuming. I I told you the story before Cam about a, a friend of mine who a recruiter reached out to her about a job. She didn't seek it out. Yeah. And it was with, I believe, Boston Consulting, a, a company that is uh, one of their companies. And they bent over backwards to give her this job. Like she, the initial offer, she said no to. And when she said no to it, they came back to her and offered her over $10,000 more and offered her a senior title as opposed to what they originally offered. And they got that done by getting the main guy in the company who is well-known in the industry. He's like famous in the industry, involved, because he wanted this person to work for them because of the work that she was done. It was good. And she agreed to it. She took the job, took the offer. And then they did this third-party background check. And part of that background check by this third party was about vaccinations. And this company reported to the company that had hired my friend. They said that, she she's not vaccinated and once they found that out you know what they did they rescinded the job offer how so they literally bent over backwards offered more money a bigger title got the main guy the the very well-known guy involved to get this person hired but once the vaccine status was revealed which she did not seek this job out they sought her out they took it away and the first thing i did was look up the esg rating of boston consulting which is extraordinarily high they are exceptional at serving their esg masters over the great reset and that's the social credit score that the great reset is using to try and control corporations and and control the values of society that those corporations operate in globally And, and it was it was just it sucked it sucked for her in that situation but also I guess maybe you don't want to work for that company, but now I want to know if that company's taking the vaccine mandates away because I bet they are. And I bet other companies are too. And these companies who have done stuff like that to people who were having, might've been having a hard time getting a job and they did not give people jobs they otherwise would have because of these vaccine mandates, because of their ESG score, they should be ashamed of themselves. They really should. And I don't think a lot of these people who work at these places who make these decisions necessarily just agree with that agenda. I think that they probably feel they have to do these things because of the climate and because maybe they're bored, they're stakeholders, whatever. And the lives they have affected, 
by trying to impose this vaccine mandate on people. They, they need to sit down and have a serious, serious reflection. Maybe open the Bible, Kim. I know you're an expert in the Bible. And read some passages, read some philosophy, and reflect on the type of human being that you are. Because you are despicable if you're taking jobs away from people because they're not that. The job, by the way, that she had taken away from her was 100% remote. It was 100% remote. And they rescinded the offer. Because of the vaccine man, now these companies are taking them away. It's good they're taking them away, taking them away, but F you, man. What a crock. Unbelievable. They, I just they need to come to Jesus moment with something. I hope that this wakes people up. Some of these executives, these people who run these these big companies, I hope that, that gives them just a moment of clarity where it's like, what have I done? What am I doing with my life? How am I affecting people? Letting Klaus Schwab, the most evil, like the, the only thing's mi- missing from Klaus Schwab is the effing cat crawling across his shoulders. It's just unbelievable. They need to step back, and I hope this wakes them up. Maybe it will. Um, I am very white pilled, very hope guy. You know this. I know, me too. Yeah, I'm. I am like super hope too. You know, so but when it, it it comes to these corporate people, the ones Correct. who shut yeah. down entire companies, uh, yeah, who who just made hires. I have a friend. His uh, his brother was a drug addict. Yeah, and um, he the government and, brought drugs to his house for him or something. <laughs> no, I wish that'd be kind of cool. Um, but no, uh, his brother uh, was had given up drugs, and he was you know starting. Uh, essentially like a new life. He was doing very well. He yeah. was um, very excited about this job, was going to finally make some money that he could he could do something with, he could change yeah. his life with, right? And yeah. um, COVID happened. And the corporation... That sucks, man. Took his job. Man, that sucks, like that. dude. Did he and fall back into... He fell back into – he did. He fell back it into It happened drugs. to a lot of people that, that, throughout the pandemic. They, people who had uh, propensity to that, they, they – and I experienced that my, myself with people that I know. It, it, that, what, what a terrible thing. Well, and it, it wasn't just that. He ended up committing suicide. Oh, my god! He had no hope left. And Dude, so it's sorry, like man. it's like these the, the people who – I, I can't I, – ooh, I want to curse. Um, we'll do that after. I'm um, sorry. But the people, that's terrible. The people who did this – had no government mandates, or some of them did, but some of them didn't. They just went along Dude. to get their little head pat from. No, uh, yeah, these corporations Charles don't have government. Yeah, they, exactly. They don't have the government ma- mandates for, for doing this. It's that ESG score, and yeah. it's it's BlackRock and Vanguard who are these billionaire companies, like the wealthiest companies on the planet, who are pretty much seen as evil by just about anybody who knows anything about them, who are using the ESG funding. To control them. So, how do you get a company to operate against their own interest? Because we've seen the get woke, go broke concept where a company does something that turns off everybody who used to buy their products because of their really woke stance and causes them to lose substantial revenue. How can you convince a company to sacrifice all of that? Well, you can give them more money than the revenue they lost through ESG right. investing, like BlackRock. So while it looks like they're getting woke and going broke, the reality is not for all of them. For some of them, they just lost too much where the investing, it didn't cover it. Co- co- cover it. But some of them, they actually, they were fine. So it was okay that they screwed over their loyal customer base and lost all the revenue because they were in the pocket of BlackRock and Klaus Schwab getting paid more. Anyway, I think, what is it? Yeah. Dick Sporting Goods is the example of a company that got woke and actually didn't go broke. They lost their customers. They lost. I think the, the weird thing what about it. that Amazon. 
It, well, yeah, Amazon also has Bezos and all his money to help prop them up. Well, no, no, but I mean, look at look at this entire situation. They are woke as hell. Totally. That you talking about that show? Uh, I don't even know. I haven't watched it because I can't. Of, I can't speak of, to that, but, uh, Rings of wokeism. Yeah, in 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 general, they are woke as all hell. Like I remember, I was doing some of the little delivery things for them in my spare time to try to make a little extra money uh, yeah. because of COVID, and I didn't have as much money as I. Hmm? Uh, yeah, yeah. But they were able to funnel almost all of the profits that were given to brick and mortar mom and pop stores for decades into their coffers because people didn't want to leave the house anymore. Right. Like I said, you had this guy who committed suicide, who fell back into drugs. You have all this stuff. These are people that chose to kill people. Yeah, yeah. In a in a very real right. sense. But at the end of the day, after they figured that out, after it's been made very clear everywhere that the the uh, lockdowns didn't work, that the these things didn't work, and all of the mental illness that came for people who who no longer saw other human beings because they lived in a, a 120 square foot crap hole in yep. New York City, like they, they, it's a giant social and medical experiment. The whole thing was an experiment. They, right, they do these experiments on unwilling the papers for the, the trials for the Pfizer vaccine. I read them. I read through the trial requirements and the old people who are vulnerable to it, who might have not comorbidities if they were to die in multiple issues who were the most vulnerable were not allowed to be part of the study. So the studies they conducted were only on the youngest, most healthiest people. And then they turned around after getting their efficacy grades at, Fat Dr. Fauci, do I eat a bowl of cigarettes for breakfast this morning? Now I'm going to go kill a bunch of people with the vaccine. He, he, so he was able to promote that number that they got from the youngest, most healthiest people after a very short period of time uh, evaluating them. And then they turned right around and the first group of people they gave the shots to were the very people, the very older people who were vulnerable, who were forbidden from being part of the trial because of the risk to their health. This is the trial was the, the effing rollout of it. We, we have been part of an experiment. Here's what I'm trying to highlight here is I think that um, I'm not blackpilled at no, all. No, I'm not either at all. But what I will say is a lot of times people are blackpilled purely because they have certain expectations yep. and certain hopes placed in the wrong things yeah, all together. Right. That's a lot of what's going on. It's like someone who actually believes the government's going to save their life, protect them, give them whatever. This is this is nonsense, and you will be disappointed every time. You will be blackpilled eventually. But that's not what you should do. That's not what you right. should be a part yeah. of. Right. These corporate, these corporate ding dongs, didn't learn after they killed people. They're not going to learn now. And expecting or hoping for anything with these monstrous humans is just going to lead you to a place where you're disappointed. No, and I, I don't want you to do that. No, I, I don't do that. I'm not. I'm not disappointed. No, I'm just, at yeah. all ever. No, I'm saying, I, I see a comment from Zach here. That, no, totally. It's related. I think it's related. Zach says that I think the best way forward would be to illuminate the Stockholm syndrome and mental abuse the corporations are doing to them, which is yeah, 
that is very true in a lot of instances with corporations. But I guess we can go with the narrative telling MK Ultra freaks that they're winning everything they'd ever dreamed of. Um, I, I, I hope I didn't convey that because I don't think that they're winning everything at all. I think this story about the companies walking back the the vaccine mandates, I think it illustrates that the ESG, because the whole control mechanism of this great global great reset is ESG. I mean, that is the staple. That's the linchpin. Without ESG, the great reset fails. It 100% fails. They have no chance. And I think this is a quiet because they're not reporting at these corporations because they probably were told not to make a big stink about it. This is an indication that their ESG scores are going to drop because the whole reason that they did the vaccine mandates, that's why I told that story about my friend, was to pump up their ESG score and get that ESG investing. By doing this, by walking it back, they, they might lose that investing, which is great. Who ca- I don't care. They great lose all that they investing, will. but their scores are going to go lower. They will actually, because they do try and bully these companies. I've been following this very closely. They try and bully these, oh. bully these companies. What needs to happen is more corporations like this. It needs to be known. That's why I want to talk about this. People need to know they're walking it back because the more exposure this gets, there's tons of exposure when companies were putting in the vaccine mandates because they were trying to create a bandwagon effect and get other corporations to jump on board. There needs to be just as much exposure to the Horrible, horrible decisions they made, but the companies that did put those mandates in and that are now walking them back because they see how horrible that it was. Because that also can create a bandwagon effect that will ultimately topple the whole operation and ESG will fail. Because it is not a control mechanism that works with basic human survival instincts. It requires humans to operate against our very basic survival and put standing with Ukraine over putting food on the table. And people just aren't going to do that unless they're totally melted in the brain. And I just don't think people are like that. And I think we're seeing that with stories like this. ESG failed. And that's why I'm celebrating the story. The funniest you know, part of the story to me... That, oh, go ahead. Celebrating, but I'm, I, all, yeah, all your, I'm your microphone went out. I'm hearing a weird um, echoey thing. Oh I, think you're, I think your computer switched microphones there. Okay. You switched that back. And I'm, I'll read you what this article says that I thought was funny. It says... There's a risk that dropping these mandates would make some workers less willing to mingle with their colleagues. So the idea being that they're going to bring people back in by taking the mandates away, but that's going to cause people who wanted the mandates to leave. Yeah, right. There's going to be zero people that leave because of that is my prediction. It's such a stupid uh, takeaway from from that article by Axios. Now, uh, you can test your mic. One second here. Cam is doing a mic testing. Yeah, I'm a white pilled guy, by the way. If I, I'm, I, I do appreciate comments. Like, I, I want if I ever come off as black pilled, I do want people to tell me because I'm not. I, I understand that. You know, for me, like I, I read this stuff all the time. And I do know it can be overwhelming and just dark sometimes. And I am not affected by it in that way. I, I, I kind of look at it. I see that they're, I think exposing the cons for who they are. I think that is empowering. It's always been empowering to me because I think that it, it brings down these illusionary barriers that society through their propaganda has built up that makes us think we can't cross through these barriers and achieve certain things and have success in certain ways. I think all of that is related to propaganda. And I've always been empowered when I've recognized their BS and shed light on it. And then it helps me and some people I know that I've worked with kind of walk through those illusionary barriers. But I do want to know if I ever come off as blackpilled because I want to correct that because I am not a blackpilled person. I, I did a whole show about how I think that simply having hope 
in the future. Simply looking at, at the world in that way and seeing the opportunities to overcome this, because there are so many ways to overcome this. Like, like we just have to we have to realize what they are and what they aren't, and, and recognizing and having hope about that is in and of itself an act of resistance. Because the whole program they're putting on. The whole program, this is documented in every freaking propaganda literature that's been written for 150 years, is demoralization and divide and rule. If you can demoralize the enemy, the targets, then you don't have to be big and strong. You don't have to dominate them and win. They just think that you would. And so they don't even fight. And that is the whole idea of blackpilling people. So blackpill is a dangerous thing that serves the global Great Reset agenda. And I'm adamantly against it. And I do not ever want to come off as though I am blackpilled. I don't want anybody else to feel that way because simply having hope and simply seeing the cracks in their operation is their worst fear. Because asking questions and recognizing there's a path forward to overcome all of this, which there absolutely is, I personally think they're failing gloriously in a lot of this. Not in a, certain way, certain people and groups are winning, but overall, I, I think their operation sucks. And I, I just want, I do want to impart that. And the fact is that even if we were backed into a corner, and I do think it's going to get crazy around the midterms, I would never lose hope because I know that's what they want me to do. And I would never effing do it. I'm just not going to. There's always a way. Cam, is your mic back yet? Cam's looking at the back of his mic. I can rant forever. I'm uh, filling space now as Cam is working on his microphone. It's, a, it's like an exercise in word association here, though. I got to tell you, doing shows and even doing them live, I'm sure some of you, probably a lot of you listening, have had experience doing live shows. It's just it's so different than the way they might do it on ESPN. Not ESPN. Yes, ESPN. Why did ES, I was about to say CNN and ESPN came into my mind. They are kind of similar, but they have so much of a production staff and, and everything is kind of done for them. And then you see people like Chris Cuomo do a In His House podcast as though he's like us when you know there's 18 people behind the scenes doing it. It's a lot more difficult for those of us who aren't mainstream to uh, get all the tech technical aspects of it correct because there's just some unpredictable things sometimes. Cam, are you back? I have I have no idea how this microphone will sound. I, it sounds all right. But, it sounds pretty good. Yeah. But I, I I thank thank God for PlayStation Live <laughs> because otherwise I you know this wouldn't. Yes. Yes. I'm so I'm I am furious at some stuff right now. Um. Okay. Okay, yeah, I wasn't yeah. saying that you are black pilled. No, I'm not. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking right. about Zach's comment over there. I just did, so he did. He did follow up saying that he he worries that, I'll, and I'll let you get to your point. But uh, he says that it sounds like they're openly talking uh, about us like slaves, and they are thrilled about it. Now, I don't disagree with that. I, I don't disagree with the fact that they might be shifting that Overton window to be able to openly communicating some of these things. It's like the communist, and I don't even want to say communist strategy. I only say that because I read it in a very detailed analysis of the communist strategy from 1950 called the organizational weapon and about the Bolshevik revolution. And this is these are tactics just like Solinsky or tactics that anyone who's trying to rise politically using ideology uses. Now, the whole main, the main premise of that is never buy into that ideology that you're using to manipulate the masses with because you will then be imprisoned by it as well. And that is what they all say, regardless of what side of the aisle they're on. I mean, they're really just all working for the same thing at the highest level anyway, the, the you know, people with cats on their shoulders. But mm. yes, they, they, they are trying to shift to that. But what I am seeing and the whole Stacey Abrams thing, I didn't even get to this part of it, but Stacey Abrams is, this is another hopeful thing. She is losing ground among black men in Georgia. Her numbers right. are like 10 points lower when it comes to the black vote in Georgia. And her numbers among moderate Democrats are significantly lower. And I know I've talked to a number of moderate Democrats who won't vote for Stacey Abrams because she supported the mandates. And 
I don't know why black people aren't supporting her, but my presumption would be that Stacey Abrams has actually done a lot of things in her career. She was a lawyer for the city of Atlanta. I've talked about this on other shows that has very adversely affected African-Americans, putting a number of them in the prison system indefinitely. So she's a bad candidate. She, she's not what she represents. And that is being exposed and it's being reflected in her numbers. And, and the New York Times are trying to boost her by simply criticizing her in the way that they did. So I, I, I totally get they're trying to move that over to the window. And yes, some people are going to just be okay with it. That's definitely going to happen. But not for my, my perception, what I've seen, the Democrats I know, they're, they're no longer buying this stuff. Like some of the most progressive people that I know who were putting pictures of themselves with Ukraine flags on their Instagram profiles and Twitter and all the time it was obnoxious. They are now anti-vaccine and they got the vaccines. So there is a revolt against some of this going right. on. Yeah, you go ahead, I, Cam. I'll shut I, up. No, 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 no I'm, I'm with you. The only reason I was saying what I was saying was because – um, a lot of times when people talk about hope or like, hey, I hope that these these corporate nut jobs will learn their lesson. Like that's that's all, all I'm saying is yeah, forget that. That's not going to happen. No, but they, yeah, overall, they need, might, there might be a few here and there that do. But not right. Overall. But you, you have to know that the moment they find another uh, way to control it, the, uh, another way to uh, get their little behinds pat by these horrible human beings, they're going to do it. Of course. Um, I mean, but... yeah, it's a constant battle, man. It's not going to be easy. So it's a back and forth. And, and so they do something, then the, the, we do something. Right. And, and the, the only hope that we have is in the people. And that's right. what you're talking that, that's about. Absolutely, dude. Yeah, thank you. You're absolutely right. It's it, the individuals. It's the people. It's you and me getting meeting each other, getting to talk to each other. It's it's go, like the first time I went to my friend's house who was just a, the most obnoxious social media presence for a progressive that, that I have seen, that I know really. Uh, the pictures of the Ukraine flag, the I got the vaccine, literally has the picture of the I got the vaccine while getting it as they were told to do. So they were told to do this by their indivisible activist groups. I remember going to this person's house during the pandemic in 2020 because it was this person's, somebody that we're friends with birthday and they're together. And, and I was reluctant going there because I'm like, am I going to need to wear a mask? What's going to go on? And th- right. what happened when I got there was just completely opposite of my expectations. My, my friend gave me a giant hug. Um, I did not partake, but there was a joint being passed around that everybody was partaking. I'm like, wow, what about all the COVID? No masks were there. And they were making fun of the, they had gotten the vaccine and they were now making fun of all of the raving and all of the, the, the psychoticness of people just being so devoted to. And, and mind you, this was like one of the biggest progressive demonstrators of the vaccine stuff that I, I know and their perception had already changed. So those individual, con- that changed my perception of them and of other people I've had conversations with. It's made me more confident to go talk to people that I think might be on the other side of this because I've started to discover that they're not. They're actually not. Yeah. It gives so- me a lot of hope, actually. Well, I mean, and, and I think that that's kind of what's important, and uh, not to be too entirely too nerdy, uh, but too it reminds nerdy, me. It reminds me of a quote that I loved from um, Captain Voltaire. America's Civil oh, no, War. Captain America, sorry. sorry. Yeah. Well, when he was he was talking about this this uh, this the situation in the movie, he goes. He said, uh, "My faith, my faith is in people. I guess individuals, and I'm happy to say that for the most part, they haven't let me down." which is why I can't let them down either. Locks can locks can be replaced, but maybe they shouldn't. Uh, but it's just this this whole... That's a great quote there, yeah. Yeah, like it's... It's it, too bad it, he's it like a huge progressive. Yeah, he's a piece <laughs> of garbage. But um, 
No, but that's there are so many like there's one quote that they gave to Sharon Carter in that movie that was originally a Steve Rogers quote in the book. And it's one of my favorite quotes from anything. Yeah. Um, let me see if I can find it. This is a good movie. So what was the one? But it wasn't Civil War. It was before that. Uh, Winter Soldier, Captain America, Winter Soldier. Winter yeah, that's Soldier. A that's another good. Movie. That's very much a against the system type movie. I'm, in fact, I don't know that they would allow that type of movie to be made right now. He might even be ashamed of, of propagating that narrative of I don't want to say I, I don't want to say America first, but I think you could label that movie an America first like like movie that now would probably just get railed and they would probably take all the funding away. But so, I, um, yeah, I agree. It's in the individual interaction away from our screens. I think uh, there's this quote that was actually in the Civil War book rather than the movie. Um, well, I mean, it was kind of taken in the movie, but it was the wrong character. Uh, but it was yeah. It doesn't matter what the press says. This is Steve Rogers talking. Yeah. Doesn't matter what the politicians or the mob say. Doesn't matter if the whole country decides that something wrong is something right. This nation was founded on one principle above all else, the requirement that we stand up for what we believe, no matter the odds or the consequences. When the mob and the press and the whole world tell you to move, your job is to plant yourself like a tree beside the river of truth and tell the whole world, no, right. you move. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Love it. So the, the, it would be really funny is if Trump started using that to open his <laughs> campaign rallies. You know how mad that Chris Evans would get on Twitter if he started doing that? Start, they'd start denouncing it. And again, I, I, I sometimes think this is all WWE. Maybe they're buddies. I have no idea. Uh, one more comment here, then we'll go to the XR. Uh, a couple more comments here. We say, Jack Burton, harder we vote, the flatter the earth. I think there's some uh, – anywhere it says if we get genuine flat earth party, which is – Probably impossible. Everything changes towards justice in an instant. Well, you know, I like Cam referenced earlier, I've always been of the opinion that if nobody voted, then it takes away all their power. I know it's idealistic and it'll never happen, but that's one of the reasons I don't, I, I haven't voted for a president in a while because I, I it's a kick in the, it's a kick in the face or a punch in the balls or reverse, whatever, or both at the same time. So uh, local level though, I will support local level people if I like them. And, and I've always been of the opinion too. It's like, people are like, just vote Democrat or just vote Republican. I'm like, I, I'm not going to vote for somebody who I don't know anything about because I know, because I've studied propaganda for like over a decade now. I, I know that one of the tactics is to go, if you if you seem like a character who is likely to get Republicans to vote for you, even if you're a Democrat, you're going to be a Republican candidate. That's how they place these people. These people are placed often, especially at the, the national level. And, and so I'm not just going to randomly vote and assume because someone says they're a Republican or a Democrat or a Libertarian that that's what they actually are. And I'm also not just going to randomly vote for somebody with an R or D or an L by their name if that person could very well have some pedophilia or something in their background. I mean, what, what if you just randomly vote all this R, D, L, whatever, and then it comes out that half the people you randomly voted for without doing an ounce of research are all in a pedophile group? Like, like yeah. wouldn't you just feel – so, no, thank you. I'm of the opinion that you, you really you shouldn't vote at all unless you've done some research. I don't vote for races that I've done no research in because I don't think that I should. I, I don't think yeah. I'm entitled to. Well, it's like I agree with that a lot. Um, but one of the things that I'll say is uh, with the Libertarian Party, I can't remember the guy's name off my head, but uh, off the top of my head, but there are two people that are in the LP that are running for different offices who have been caught – for sexual predation. Really? Yeah. I mean, this is, it, it, it doesn't. So is it valid? Do you think? Is, is yeah. there evidence no, was, against, I know they do. In, he was in prison. 
That's oh my gosh, really? They, yeah. So um, that's interesting. I do. What's the person's? Well, we shouldn't say their name. We, I'll, we I'll figure it out and yeah. I'll tell you off offline. But yeah, uh, no, it's it's. There's no winning when that's where you're putting your hope. If you want to vote, right. do it. I don't. I don't care. But no, I'm not totally. going to. And and it's it's. There was this uh, situation. Uh, I think that maybe it was the last time I voted, which was in. Alabama. So it's been, I haven't voted since 2016. Yeah. I think. Um, I have your voter records right here. That seems correct. <laughs> I think, I don't think, I, I, have, I don't think I've voted at all since then. Uh, but the last time I voted, um, maybe in 2018, um, there was a, a ballot measure in Alabama. Um, and the the weird thing about Alabama is it has this awful and uh, large constitution that is ever growing, right? Yeah. And everything's put up to a referendum, essentially. Everything's put up to a vote. And so you're sitting there and you're voting for like your city council members. You're voting for your your freaking uh, local county judge, your sheriff. And then at the same time, I who do not live in Baymanette am voting about Baymanette school funding. I shouldn't vote for that, and I didn't, but it's like, this is the world we live in. They're just going to hand you a a thing, and half the people who haven't done the work are just going to circle things. Right, totally, dude, and that's why these one-on-one conversations are important, and and dude, I I have, like, I've had... I've had success in getting people to question things, didn't I? And I, I don't try. I'm not trying to impose an opinion or, or a belief on somebody. I try and just ask questions or, or ask for evidence or, or more explanation when certain assumptions or just blanket statements that I've, I've seen repeated in the media that I got in my indivisible talking points. Whenever I hear something like that, I just ask for explanation. I'm very kind about it. I smile because the people I'm talking to are my friends. I love them. Like I, there's nothing anybody could do that would make me ever do anything bad towards them because they're my buddies. Uh, we just disagree on things. And so I, 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 that's how I talk to them. I don't talk to them the way we see politicians in the media talk to each other and, because that's not going to get you anywhere. All, the, all, all that stuff does is, is tribalism, divide and rule, and it prevents people from actually using their cognitive thinking skills. And it keeps us in an emotional driven state where we just want to get the opposition. And I, 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 I oppose that greatly, especially when I'm having one-on-one conversations because I genuinely want to find out if they were to give like actual evidence of their position that changed my view of it, then I would be open to having my view change. And I try and give them the same respect. And my friends also give me respect when we have conversations about it. And I've had success because simply asking questions and revealing information that they have previously been unaware of has caused a number of people that I know to be a lot more skeptical of the media that used to, they used to trust indefinitely over anything that quote the right or Republicans or whatever they didn't believe, believed. And same thing with people who are, I I did the same, my friends would get mad at me. Okay. Because I would do that to friends of mine who are not do that to, I would just use a Socratic method and talk to people respectfully. Yeah. Who identified as progressives or Democrats. And I would also, but I would also do that to my friends who were kind of hardcore Republicans and just 100% buying into that. I'd say, no, 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 wait a minute. That That's all. No, I, I can't. I have to do this also here because I also disagree with what you're saying in, in a lot of these instances. And at first, a few of my friends bristled because they're like, wait a minute. I thought you might. Like, no, dude, I'm not on neither side. I'm on neither team. I, I accept no label. I, I want to just ask questions and I, I want us to, I want us to be cool 
and come to a, a truth together and realize that it's not each other that are against each other. It's them that are against us. And these, this fighting is what separates us. And I'm telling you, the stuff, when, when you just talk to your buddies in the right way, and you're kind, and you're empathetic, then you both grow together. I learn from them. They learn from me. We learn together. That is the way that I think that we go forward. And I think that's also why they try and keep us connected to these screens and try and lock us down a lot, which uh, I think that we're we're no longer going to be doing. I think people are over the lockdowns. I don't think they're going to submit to anything like that again. I honestly think in a world that's crazy right now, and again, it's going to be crazy around the midterms. I do believe that. I think that there is a lot of reasons to be optimistic and hopeful for what's going on. Because you have to remember, if things are going in our favor, good, then what's going to happen is it's going to get no coverage. They're not going to suddenly start reporting that the agenda they've been pushing hardcore is not working. They're just going to ignore it. So we're not going to hear about it. That doesn't mean it's not happening. And I, I, I try to, cause I get overwhelmed by this stuff too. And I try to remind myself of that. There's one more comment I wanted to read before we get out of here. Uh, it's from Zach. He says about the agrees with people being the solution, the best hope, and we need to stop acting like the capital uh, of the world is the far left. And I, I you know, I, I agree with that. And I, I struggle sometimes because I've also had the stuff coming in my head all the time of how to talk about which group and, 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 and group, certain groups of people, because I don't ever want people who are listening who might consider themselves to be left or, or Democrat or liberal or whatever, or Republican or conservative to think that I'm talking negatively about them because I'm not what I'm, it's that group of basically global fascists who want to control the world through corporations are unelected and they just use the progressive agenda of equity, equality, the, the stuff that is the whole idea of equality, when they, they make it, first it's, it's economic equality, then it's just a quality of well-being. So it's subjective equality, which is an unachievable ideal because you can just move the goalpost on that indefinitely. And that, that is how they, they rely on controlling societies, convincing people they need to have equitable, equal feelings. They need to feel as good as other people. It's, what, a, what a ridiculous concept because the way we feel, we, it's just, you can't, you can't control that if you're just an ultimate Borg society where we're all locked into this grid. So I don't mean like actual people who are Democrats or Republicans when I say left. What I mean is this global structure of fascist, basically, who are using these ideologies. They're not bound by them. They know that other people are bound by them, that they're trying to manipulate. The whole Solinsky, Edward Bernays strategy, they're not bound by them, but they know that it's the best way to organize people, which is what Leninism was based on. Leninism, communism, when they realized the communists read, the appeals were too strong for people, they said, we're going to go underground and we are going to co-opt. Deception is the name of the game. We will use their ideologies that they cannot break free from to control, manipulate, and take over them. And those are the ones that I'm talking about. So I do apologize if I ever use a term or label that wrongly assumes that every the people of that label are aligned with these global fascists. I'm talking about these global fascists. Right. Um, well, I did want to read one more. Yeah, go ahead. And I've already, I've already blown through the timing of what I said the show was going to be. So we'll just keep rolling. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, after this, we can, we can do the XR and we'll talk about the Hulk. Uh, <laughs> yes. The fun stuff. <laughs> um, but uh, so Zach said, I think that might be BS. I know one of the libertarian guys was put in jail running for president. Oh, wow. I think he's talking about Kokesh in that instance. 
um, uh, maybe multiple times being harassed, and then they overthrew a bunch of old uh, GOP cucks, I would look into that more. Uh, that is, it's not one of those people that you may have heard of. It's one that's, it's very, it's much more of a local race, um, but he is tied into one of the factions in the Libertarian Party, and like I saw his, um, his uh, mugshot. I saw his his rap sheet because yeah, I, yeah. I, I needed to look oh, into it did? myself. Yeah. So what I'm talking about is I, I verified that. It's just <clears throat> it's not blind. Oh, I heard. No, I, I this guy, he 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 touched someone. <laughs> right. It's un yeah. It's unfortunate that you know usually you do a background check for a job if, and if you've been discovered to have touched someone inappropriately like like that that would automatically eliminate you. We're sorry. Our back, you were a great candidate. We were going to give you this awesome position, but our background check found that you diddled some kids a couple of years ago. So we're going to have to go ahead and not offer you a job here. But if that's like a, a politician's job, it's like we found you diddled some kids. Would you like to be governor of the state? We'd like to offer you this position. <laughs> would you like to be the new king? Yeah, we'd like to. We'd like for you to be the king of England. <laughs> Uh, that's another story for another time. So Denver Attaway, I'll read that. We got a lot of great, a lot of great stuff in the chats here. I, like I, I love the chats going on. I love the questions you guys are raising. I think it's important stuff to talk about because I, I think ironing out, you know, how to think about this stuff and the best way to talk about it and communicate it with each other. I, I think it's important. They have a, a kind of there's an apparatus for these people in power where they can throw money at stuff like this. So we don't necessarily have that. So we got to figure it all out together. And this is really good stuff, actually. Um, where was that comment? Hold on a second. Let me find it here. It was in all caps, so uh, it should be easy to find. About liberty and who was it? Hold on. Ah, if I can't find it in a second, we're going to get out of here. So I wanna... All right. I can't find the comment. Maybe I'll find it in the XR. It was a good comment. It was about liberty and justice and the pillars of democracy. I, I, I can't find it right now, so we'll have to get to it when we get to the XR. But great stuff, guys. I appreciate you guys watching. And, Cam, I, I appreciate your, your time and energy and your shirt and your beard and right. your lighting. It's all wonderful. And, right. you know, we're going to get out of here. We're going to continue the conversation, the DMB XR. We're going to get to the She-Hulk stuff because I know everybody oh. is on the edge of their seat wondering what She-Hulk's woke moment of the week is. And you're going to find out shortly on the DMBXR. So thank you guys for listening. You can find the Propaganda Report on any podcasting platform or app that you listen to. And share it with people if you like the show. Give us a rating. Say warm things about us and make us feel good and encourage us to keep going. It's definitely helpful when we get that. And we will talk to you guys next time. Have a fantastic rest of your day.